0: welcome everyone to the broads who binge podcast i'm molly and i'm marissa and you know we're just here breaking down all of the hot topics on
1: all the shows that you're watching or have speaking of hot topics do you remember hot topic (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh yes i do remember hot topic because that was all the rage in middle school, and yep. I remember wanting a Paul Frank sweatshirt so badly, and my mom thought it was insane to spend $50 on a sweatshirt with a monkey on it, so she wouldn't get me one.
1: Yeah, she's not wrong. I remember my brother and I would go to the local mall and go to Hot Topic and Spencer's, and it felt, like, a little bit um, dirty. It was, like, very exciting for a 12-year-old me.
0: Ooh, I could see that. I could see yeah. you getting off on going to Spencer's <laughs> and Hot Topic. Oh, yeah.
1: Honestly, looking at like dirty billboard or um bumper stickers on the Spencer's wall, Oh, it still gets me going.
0: Ooh, yeah, we didn't have a Spencer's in Alaska. We had Pac Sun and Hot Topic, were as edgy as we got, and
1: that's still pretty edgy. Hot yeah. Topic with all the safety pins and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, well, how was your week? What's going on? Tell us um, what happened with your drug seeking. Rich neighbor.
0: So I do have an update on that.
1: Oh great.
0: So I mean it's not great for me. It's great for him. <laughs> and so don't ask me how I know this, but I do think that he took a girl home because I looked through my peephole while he was. And the only reason that okay, I'm I promise I'm not this creepy. But you can only, in my apartment complex, you can only hear people when they're in the hall. It's completely silent if you're in your respective apartment. And so sometimes when there's, like, a lot of commotion, I just get curious. I'm a curious person, so I go to my people. And I did look at my peephole, and I saw a girl with what seemed to be an overnight bag coming to his apartment at 9 p.m. It did seem new because it felt like it was, like, a this is your place type of conversation, mm-hmm. but obviously I couldn't get too creepy.
1: I have an alternate alternative theory that actually okay. back. It's a call back from last week. Remember okay. when I said he was, he needed money for drugs and you said he needed money for a prostitute. Oh, just going to throw that out there that it okay. may, you're, you haven't proven to me yet that it's a girlfriend and not a prostitute. That's true.
0: Do we think that prostitutes bring overnight bags?
1: What if it wasn't an overnight bag? It was like a bag of sex toys and things.
0: That's true. I guess I mean, how else are you going to get them there without a tote?
1: I feel like we're really starting this episode with a bang.
0: Yeah, we are. <laughs> we really are. We we came in strong. We're trying we to came fuck in hot. the listeners. <laughs> Um, a hot topic on yes.
1: sex workers.
0: Yeah, that's my only, I, I just have, I mean, my other only love life update is that I redownloaded the apps and then I felt like I found the love of my life because he was a doctor and he was cute and he founded some nonprofit in East Africa and obviously that's so my vibe and then I messaged him and he never responded, so.
1: Well, he's probably operating, dude. If he's a doctor, he's busy.
0: Yeah, well, in Bumble, he only has 24 hours, and then I can never talk to him again. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, maybe he was my soulmate in May, and this is the last day, so the psychic prophecy did not it's come true. It's true.
1: It's so true. Unless, like, someone breaks into your house tomorrow, and it ends up that he actually is in love with you.
0: Yeah. I guess we can, a girl can dream. <laughs> uh, what about you? What's been going on in your world?
1: Oh, wow. Honestly, very little, if I'm being honest. Um, Let's see. Yeah, it hasn't been a real momentous week, if I'm being honest. Just a lot of working inside my house. I will say this was the very first week in 12 weeks, so I'm not sure what this says about me. But this is the first time in three months that I have kind of missed going out and doing things and wearing real clothes
0: i can respect it
1: that said i'm currently not wearing a bra and i'm in pajamas on a friday night at six thirty. so you know i'm not like upset about that
0: yeah but no i you get to a point where you do want to be social again Yeah, a little bit. Not too social. (laughs) No, I know. I think like the first weekend I'll be really excited and be like, oh, I'm going to go out. It's going to be great. And the second weekend I'm going to be like, okay, everyone needs to back off. I need 36 hours of solitude. Thank you.
1: Right. And anyways, you know, I feel like the second week we'll come back in and be like, okay, we need to get back into binging.
0: Totally. We're bingers through and through.
1: Through and through, and that's that's who I am.
0: That's who we
1: are. Okay, well, well anything else you want to discuss before we jump in?
0: Well, we did have another request, and you know who we love listener suggestions and requests. Yes, we do. So, so we got a request for suggestions or just what we're reading, like what we're binging like what we're liking so like a hot list
1: yeah
0: if hot you or like. not
1: yeah do you, hot have, do or you have a not also you should you should give a not we should both give a hot and a not
0: okay a hot and a not i didn't i'll think of a not um yeah me too but so my hot so the specific request was for books so I finally have been back on my reading kick. So I've read like four books in the past week wow. or two. So I compiled my top two that I enjoyed. So Red, White, and Royal Blue was my absolute favorite. Give it a five out of five. Must read. Need, need a limited series mm. or a movie on this ASAP. I'm not giving spoilers for the book, so don't worry. This is on the like front cover, but it is literally the son of the President of the United States falls in love with the Prince of England, and oh. they're both closeted, and it's like a secret affair.
1: Oh, my God. Love already. I mean,
0: it's literally everything I've ever wanted for myself, yeah. for yeah. the world. I think it's what we need now, honestly. Um, so it was great. I highly recommend so so good. Second suggestion is Trashy Thriller Before She Knew Him. It's about a woman who moves into a new like suburb um, just and then she starts to suspect that her next door neighbor is a serial killer. Ooh. And it's just yeah, Trashy Thriller. The end I will say that I think you and I are pretty good because we've read a lot of thrillers. Yeah. We've watched a lot of crime shows. So we're pretty good about detecting the twist. Yeah, we know the recipe. We know the recipe. Um, and this one, I actually did not see parts of it coming. Oh my God. I was genuinely surprised at the twist. So I would definitely, before she knew him, it's by Peter Swanson. Apparently he's a really big thriller writer. I have not read any more of his stuff, but I'm, I've am i heard he's really good. I would definitely recommend that one as well. Wow.
1: Those both sound great. You know, I almost wrote it down and then I was like, wait, I'm just going to listen to our podcast later. <laughs> and Yeah.
0: No. And, and we'll post them on stories yeah, so for yeah. people. Yeah. And I'll, I'll post other books I've read too. We don't, I don't need to like talk about everything in my life um (laughs) I mean I guess my knot we well okay you go with your hot because I have a knot but it's gonna get dark so I feel like I have a feeling what your
1: knot is and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in with you so I'm gonna do my hots and knots and then we'll move back to you okay Okay, great so I too read two books this week but they well thank you but they have a little different flavor than yours so the first one is by one of my favorite um Crime or, like, thriller authors, Meg Gardner. But this one's called Dirty Secrets Club. If I'm, okay. if I'm being honest, it's not my favorite of hers. It's a little campy in a bad way. Okay. But she has a, a series, I think it's just two books, called the Unsub series, and it's outstanding. It's very, um, it reminds me of the movie Seven. It's very creepy, very good. The second book I read was called Mine, A Guide for Resource Guarding and Dogs. <laughs> oh. My dog has started doing this thing called resource guarding where, like, if another dog is around, he gets very very teritor- territorial with his toys and with me. So we're trying to break that cute little habit. Um, <clears throat> not hot right now is that I have spiders in my house for the first time in five years. And that's, yeah, it's not great. So I don't know what's causing it. It's, it's not hot.
0: What, what can you do for that? Mainly. Can you get an exterminator or what's like, I have no idea. I don't
1: know. Mainly I've just been like standing on chairs and killing them with a paper towel. Sorry to like the PETA, like the spider rights people, but.
0: um, I'm not a spy. (laughs) I'm. Like scared of a lot of things, but I am actually not scared to kill bugs. I'm not scared. I get very calm in their presence.
1: Yeah, I do too. We, I think we both get like calm and focused.
0: Yeah, like regular size bugs. Like obviously, I'm not gonna kill a tarantula with my bare hands. (laughs) But like a normal size spider, I feel very comfortable with your bare hands. Yeah, with my bare hands. (laughs) I mean, I would prefer a paper towel, but if push comes to shove, I'll bare hand kill a spider.
1: (laughs) I respect that. And I, the older I've gotten, the more comfortable bare hand killing spiders I've become as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's like a rite of passage as a single one in America. It
1: totally is. To to feel comfortable bare hand killing spiders and other insects.
0: So my knot was going to be to just go really heavy for this week, obviously Um, we're going to go with police brutality and racism in America. Yeah. It's been a really fucked up and heavy week. I'm sure so much heavier for people of color and not me, but it's, it's just really devastating. And so, I mean, I know you're the same trying to navigate what we can do how we can help. So I I donated to the NAACP this week. I ordered some books um on Amazon. A lot of them I I was very happy to see that a lot of the books were sold nice. out. Um so that was a little promising to me. Trying to like find resources, listening to podcasts. Just how I can better educate myself and just talk about these issues with family members like me have or just yeah. people I encounter in my day-to-day life. Because, I mean, we just – we have to do better as a society. We really do.
1: Yeah, amen to all of that. It's really – it's really, really upsetting. Um, we are both not people of color, so like you said, I can't imagine – um, just how bad it is for people of color. But it it's embarrassing that this is America right now. It's um uh, it's not good. So yeah, I donated it to the ACLU this week. Um and then I found maybe I'll post it on the Instagram. There's like a list of different movies and TV shows you can watch to better educate yourself because I think like as you know, we talk about and I and I think it's true that as women we do um I Like, I think men have the ultimate upper hand in our society, white men. And so as women, we have some difficulties, but we absolutely still have privilege. um, And especially we're privileged because of the color of our skin in this country right now. And that's not okay. And we need to to work on it and become allies. So amen to everything you said. It's not good. We all got to do better.
0: Exactly. And it's tough. I mean, it's tough to look at yourself and realize that even if you think that you don't have these subconscious biases, we all do. We absolutely all do. And so it takes work. And it's hard to realize that you are potentially thinking or acting in a way that is racist. And I think we all... We all do it to a certain degree, whether we're willing to admit it or not. And so, yeah, we've we've got a. It, it starts internally with every single one of us, no matter what scale you're on. You know, yes,
1: we all we all can do better. Yes, amen. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, we had to talk about it because it's important, even if there's only. Literally two people listening to this platform. You have to use whatever platform you have to talk about things that are important. So I'm, I'm glad. No,
1: 100%. I'm glad. We can't. Um, that's the problem. We can't all just go around not talking about it.
0: Exactly. Well, that's all I had. So are you ready <coughs> to dive in? Do you have any final thoughts? No, I'm
1: so ready. Um, this week, we're diving deep into an oldie but a goodie, uh, how I met your mother.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to do this show because it's really a classic. I did not grow up watching this show. I think I was first introduced to it in college, but it's become a cult classic for me. I can re watch it and I have rewatched it many times and I just absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, it's an outstanding show. I think that, you know, I think that it's actually For me, one of the very best written sitcoms, I don't think that any show does callbacks better. Like they see a plot point through or even just a joke like they commit to it um, and they leave so many Easter eggs throughout it like they I've never seen a show do that better. Like I feel like a lot of sitcom sitcoms in the 90s like, you know, one that's coming to mind is The Nanny, which I loved, but. You know, yeah. they did things like all of a sudden they decided like actually the fifth child wasn't working. So they just got rid of the fact that they had a fifth child and didn't talk about it. Or like, you know, if a character was pregnant, they'd just like have them carry a bag in front of them. And I think that – or if, a, if this actress was pregnant. And I think that How I Met Your Mother did a really good job of like working things in and seeing plot points through.
0: No, I think that's really right. And we
1: did forget to say, but we
0: should just disclaimer that this show is not spoiler free. Oh, yes. So if you are planning to start How I Met Your Mother, I would assume that most of you have either seen it or are not going to watch it. But if you are planning to start and haven't watched and you don't want to hear spoilers, now's the time to maybe click off the podcast. You've got nine seasons of TV watching and then you can join us again. Yeah. We'll be waiting for you. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. um...
0: So I guess, should we just high level? I mean, you kind of talked about it. It's a sitcom. Oh, no. Five friends that are in New York City and it's just about their life.
1: Yeah, so this show began in 2005 it ran till 2014. One thing that I want to flag um especially because we're older than the characters are supposed to be now but they are approximately 27 when the show begins in 2005 and I'm mentioning that um because a lot of the show, well the whole par- the whole show really centers around the main character, though it's an ensemble cast, the main character, Ted Mosby, on his pursuit to find the one. Um, and, you know, I guess my... And and the show is him years down the road explaining to his kids in really the most arduous fashion how he met their mother. Um, but have you, Molly, ever felt pressure to especially because we're older than where this show starts now um have you felt pressure to settle down and find the one in the way that Ted Mosby seems to
0: I go back and forth with this so I am pretty lucky that my parents have never pressured me to settle down and have a relationship and I also don't necessarily I've never been that person who's like, oh, I need to get married and have kids. And that's like something I absolutely have to have. So I actually don't feel like my biological clock is ticking in that way. But I think it is hard when you get older and you see, I mean, basically every single one of my close friends is in a serious relationship with someone. And it's tough to look at yourself and say, I don't understand. Like, why is it not my turn? What's wrong with me? When am I going to find the person, you know, I've been single for years now. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. you do get to a point where there is this pressure from society, especially for women to find a guy because something's wrong with you if you don't have one. Mm -hmm. And so I've definitely felt pressure. Yeah. And it is crazy to me. They seem so much older, but they're, they're our age. What about you? Do you feel the pressure to find the one?
1: No, I I completely agree, actually, with everything you said. I relate to all of it. The one thing, though, I will say I relate to Ted in the way that he sort of um, cycles through a lot of wh- women questioning whether they could be the one, and I think that especially when you're younger, like, especially when I was younger than 27. I, I think by 27, I wasn't doing this as much. But younger than that, I do think everyone you go on a date with, it's like a natural instinct to immediately be like, could this be the one? Um, And to sort of like hold them up against this idea of the one. And so I've had, I guess, a similar experience to had of like Kind of just like cycling through dating a ton of people and whether I decided or they decided that it wasn't the one quote, um, I, I can relate to sort of his fatigue of like, God, when will I just find someone I like?
0: Yeah, no, you and Ted definitely are big daters. I'm not a big dater, <laughs> so I can't relate to Ted in that aspect. But no, that's a that's a really good point. So the thing I find interesting about this show is that the whole, just Robin in general. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I would love to get your initial take on Robin as a standalone character and then her romantic relationships with both Ted and Barney.
1: Great. I, I actually have the same question for you, so that's great. We're on the same page. Um, let me give a little background. So Robin is the newest addition to their group, essentially. At the first episode, Barney, who's the player, played by Neil Patrick Harris. He's such a great actor. Love him. Um, love him. He is sort of the player. Ted, as we've described, is single and desperately wants to settle down. Lily and Marshall are college sweethearts who are very much in love, and Marshall is Ted's roommate. They meet Robin, who's this cool, uh single woman at the bar, and Ted immediately wants to date her, but she's not really into it. She's, like, too independent, doesn't want a boyfriend, but does want to be their friend, and she becomes part of the group. I think that Robin is a really... <sighs> complex character they wrote because she's Canadian which is funny because they just like make all these funny jokes about Canadians with her <clears throat> um, and she was a Canadian pop star as a teenager but then supposedly her dad wanted her to be more masculine at the same time so she's sort of um, she has um she's pretty rough around the edges in some ways and she likes to portray like she likes to smoke cigars and and drink scotch and kind of be one of the guys, and I think that that is attractive to both Barney and Ted. Yeah, she's uh, like the Gone
0: Girl, like that. What what's that page in Gone Girl where it's like the isn't it about like eating, like looking sexy, eating hot dog? Do you know what I'm talking about? Am I just completely that's, okay? Not that's, the cool girl definition. No, that's
1: hysterical. <laughs> yeah, because Gone Girl was. With... Gong Girl was on TNT the other day, and I flipped on for exactly that part. Um, and, yeah, she talks about, like, looking good. I think it's eating hot wings. Okay,
0: hot wings. All right.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, she is that girl. I don't think – I mean, we can we can talk about the end later, yeah. but I don't think she was ever right for Ted. Now, the Barney storyline is interesting because they both are sort of this, like, unflappable uh, emotionally unavailable character in different ways and so they end up dating um and on the one hand like barney spends the 12th season i believe um sort of wooing robin after they've dated but he does it as um part of his player's playbook and on the one hand the final episode of that season where he finally gets her um, is really adorable and sweet and romantic. And then on the other hand, as I've been thinking about it, like, he kind of gaslights her for an entire year, making her think he's not into him. Yeah. Into her. And then that's why she's finally into him. So, on the one hand, very cute and sweet. And on the other hand, kind of fucked up.
0: No, I that's I actually had never thought about him gaslighting her, but that's such a good point, And it's so true.
1: Yeah, what do you think about uh, Robin?
0: So... I had never really thought about it while I was watching the show, but just when I was going back and go like preparing for this podcast, did I kind of realize that I'm not sure I like Robin that much. And yeah, it's not really anything that she did necessarily. She's just so, like you said, emotionally unavailable and very wishy-washy and... Goes back and forth, and Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's just something about her that, like, she's supposed to be this strong female character, but I kind of feel like she falls short of it. And still, even though she's like this independent woman, it she's always dating some guy and has some guy on the hook, Mm -hmm. and that's like kind of her whole like. She's just, like, this hot girl that always has some guy. And she's never really, like, single, independent. And I don't know. Maybe that's me projecting and needing a character that's, like, me. But I don't know. And her and Ted, I completely agree. I don't see them together. But I actually see them together more than I see her and Barney
1: together. Yeah, I I don't think that Barney... Is a one woman guy, no matter what. He will never settle down, even with Robin, the cool girl. Um, He's not, that's not who he is. But Ted is too emotionally available. He's too sentimental. He's too lovey dovey for Robin.
0: Yeah, Um, I do. But I I think
1: he's not liking her. I actually, that makes a lot of sense to me. What do you think about Lily and Marshall's relationship?
0: So, I love Lily and Marshall's relationship. I am a sucker for a generational love story, if you will. Yeah. And I just think they're so cute together. They do, I mean, they are very codependent. Let's, we can put that out there, but they both love each other so much and are just so compatible have so much fun together they're best friends yeah they do break up for a while which I actually really like because I do think that it would be really tough to basically have one serious partner for your entire life because how would you know what's out there if you didn't and they didn't really even date other people like I don't think either of them ever slept with anyone you know it wasn't like they really took a break, but for me, it just made it a little bit more realistic, especially for how much they were drinking and, you know, like it just, I don't know. It felt a little bit more realistic that they broke up. So I really liked their relationship. What about yeah.
1: you? Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. I think it's so cute. Have their best friends. And I think they're a little, they actually are self-aware about the fact that they're codependent. Like they know that, that it's kind of weird, but. They really lean into it. I agree. I love that they broke up and that actually I love that Marshall didn't really because Lily sort of in, Lily did instigate the breakup and Marshall didn't really let her off the hook when she wanted to get back together. Like he made her he wanted to like really test if they really should be together. And I love that. <coughs> um, Actually, so one of the other thing I love about this show is that they do actually tackle some of life's more serious moments too, like when Marshall's father dies. And when I was doing my research of this, um, speaking of the Easter egg and the callbacks thing that I mentioned earlier, uh, apparently I did not know this, but apparently in the episode where Marshall's father dies, there's a countdown to his death throughout the episode. Did you know this? No. Yeah. and in Wait, the beginning- what? What's the countdown? Yeah. So in the beginning of the episode, it counts down from 50 till zero. So like in various ways, like the oven shows 50 minutes at the beginning. Then like later on, like there's a magazine that's called 30. And then there's like an alarm clock. And at the very end, Lily's in a taxi. And the meter reads zero as she's finding out that the dad died.
0: Whoa, I have yeah. no idea. That's so smart.
1: Yeah, so they do, like, really smart things like that. Um, and, and I think they do tackle some of the harder things. And they show how, like, Lily and Marshall kind of get through it together in comedic ways. But also, like, in in realistic ways, I think.
0: Yeah, like, when he plays video games for however many, like, time at his mom's house and he's yelling at her to get him (laughs) snacks.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I think it's great. Um, Well, let's take a quick break for a sponsor message and then we'll be right back.
0: So, another interesting relationship that we have not touched on yet is Ted and Stella.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm very glad you brought this up because I was going to ask you who you think was Ted's best match and who you think was his worst. Okay,
0: so I think Ted's best match was Victoria. Worst match would have to be, who was that literally the crazy girl Um, that like, that was the cop that like burned his apartment? Jeanette. Jeanette, yes, Jeanette. All right, you go. Best and worst.
1: Well, I was going to... I think you're exactly right. I think Victoria was his best. She was sentimental.
0: Yeah, was I actually really think it would have
1: been cute if they would have made it so that it was them together. That I would have liked that ending. That is a cute ending. Um, I think his worst was Stella.
0: Yeah, I mean, Stella was horrible. Can you imagine? Can we just talk about Please. being left at the altar? Like, What? yeah
1: would so none of them left at the altar just because she wasn't sure left at the altar because she ended up getting back together with an ex
0: what would you do or do you think about that like do you think <laughs> well I do know getting married no I think I think about it a lot like I I genuine like I probably for a person who doesn't have a boyfriend I think I think about being left at the altar more than one should.
1: It's because you watch so many Hallmark movies.
0: I don't know. I just, like, maybe it's happened to me in a past life. (laughs) I don't know. But I do genuinely feel like that's probably why I will make my husband do a first look with me. Because if they make it to the first look, it would be pretty fucked up to leave someone after the first look wedding photos. Like, that would be next-level sociopath. (laughs) So I think I I'm gonna have to even yeah. if I would want it to be authentic down the aisle like I just think that I will need to know <laughs> that they're there and not leaving me. Ever. I
1: think statistically that actually does make sense that if your husband does a first look and like sees you and can like picture you walking down the aisle to him, it's probably like more likely to not be a runaway groom.
0: Yeah, I think so. Would you ever leave someone at
1: the altar? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that at the point that I'm ready to say yes to an engagement, I'm going to be really fucking ready because I've dated people in long-term relationships before and known for a fact, like prayed that they would not propose because they would have said no. And so I think when I finally say yes to an engagement, I'm going to feel yes to a marriage. Um, God, if yeah. someone left me at the altar, I would be, I don't know. That That's like a nightmare scenario. What an embarrassment.
0: Like a carry and big situation. Oh, oh.
1: God. Can you even? No. Oh. I'm picturing that scene right now. I know.
0: Me, too. I'm just picturing when Charlotte goes into labor <laughs> when
1: she yeah. sees him. Yeah. Ew.
0: Um uh. Ew. Yeah.
1: Well, Stella was bad for a couple reasons. Like, I feel like relationships should be a compromise, but Ted compromised a lot for Stella. He moved to, like, Long Island for her. He, She had a kid, and he didn't really, like, want to be a stepdad, but he compromised. He really loved Star Wars, and she had never seen it and didn't like it. Like, I think that um they were really never – it was never – Right. It was never right.
0: No, they were never on the same page. I completely agree. There were so many signs that that relationship was not going to work out. So I was happy that it did not work out.
1: Yeah, I agree. So
0: I have a question for you. Please. Since I feel like this was a good one we did last episode, I think we need to do a fuck, marry, kill with Barney... Marshall and Ted
1: well, what a coincidence because i've written this exact question down to ask you, um, well, but you made the parameter smaller than I would have it's only with the three men, or can we fuck Mary and kill the women too? I guess yeah it's out the women i'm it's twenty twenty <laughs> um okay i would I would fuck Barney because. He would think after having that much experience, he'd be good. Yeah. Um, he could, it could also be like a micropenis situation, and that's why he has to jump around woman to woman. But let's go with he's really good in bed.
0: I feel like Robin seems experienced and she didn't complain.
1: Oh, that's true. That's so true. I also
0: think the micropenis storyline would have come out if he had one
1: <laughs> at some point. Yeah, good point. Good point. Because his other, like, insecurities do come out. Okay, so I'm going to fuck yeah. Barney. I'm okay. going to marry Marshall. Yep. And I think I'd kill Robin. Okay. What about you?
0: So... I think I would yeah, I mean I would marry Marshall for sure. I love Marshall. He's great. And I yeah, I like hope that my husband's like Marshall. He's just like sweet and (laughs) I think I need they
1: just have so much. I need a Marshall. Yeah, we all need a Marshall. He's like a he's a beta with a little bit of alpha, you know? Ooh, that's a great description of him. He's also like got that like Midwest kindness thing going on, which sometimes annoys me in real life, but with him I like it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I have I feel like I have not found that in the Midwest, but maybe one day. Um I think I would fuck Barney and I think honestly it's tough. It's between Ted and Robin who I would kill. Yeah. But I might kill Ted because he does Robin does really annoy me, but Ted also really annoys me.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because I have discovered a BuzzFeed article explaining why Ted is the worst and Okay. I don't actually hate him as much as this BuzzFeed readership seemed to, but I did think they brought up a couple points that were right. And I wonder if these are the reasons that you hate him. Okay, so the fact that he professed his love to Robin on their literal first date, major red flag, is a reason to dislike him. Yeah, he, that's terrifying. This described him as him playing the victim too much, which I agree with, actually. I think that when a relationship yeah. doesn't work, he gets very Eeyore about it. Mm-hmm. Um, He reminds me of that, like, book and podcast, Awards for Good Boys. Like, he seems like a nice guy, but, like, he actually has some major flaws. And he can be an asshole. And then lastly... He is pretentious. And for me, like, he's an architect. And I've worked with architects before. And (laughs) they are pretentious. Sorry if, like, any architects are listening. But you know what I'm talking about. So, like, for me, it really checked out with his character that he would be pretentious. But I think that those four bullet points are... Do make him unlikable. What do you think? Yeah, I would definitely agree with... I think the playing the victim
0: and him just seeming really whiny Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the whole time like he's just like where is my person I'm like I get it Ted I've also been single for five years and you don't see me bitching every single day and if I am I'm sorry tell me all right I'm gonna get a lot of messages after this
1: honestly the bubble bath content even if you were which you're not the bubble bath content on your Instagram makes up for it
0: thanks I it's hard to not have a nip slip though I've thought about wearing a bikini while I film just (laughs) to make sure that it doesn't happen I don't
1: know I mean that might be what finally gets us more followers so you might have to take one for the team
0: that's true maybe we gotta free the nip and Molly's (laughs) bath time updates and that's what that's what gets us over the top.
1: We might have to. I'm just saying. I'll, I'm just saying. Think well, about it. as you're I'll start this- an.
0: O- I'll start an OnlyFans for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> where we just video ourselves recording this podcast in the bathtub
1: <laughs> and like a little nip, just w- like a little. Yeah, tiny just a nip. tiny, just like a little sliver. <laughs> Well, that sounds good to me. I bet you back. Yeah, okay. Bet well, like tune in next week. <laughs> um, um do you think that so the fact that Robin, who Ted never gets over, um dates both Ted and Barney but also stays friends throughout it with the entire group. Do you think that could ever happen in real life?
0: Okay, so it's funny that you bring this up because I was going to ask you if you could, like, date the same guy as your friend. And so I do have a real-life example of this. Please. But it, like, doesn't fully count because, like, I was a youth. (laughs) But in high school, me and I had, like, five, well, one girl moved from another country, so she wasn't in America yet. So there was just five of us. And All five of us dated the same guy. I was the final one to date him. So I don't know what that says about me. (laughs) But I mean, it was like, we were like, like 15. So like, it doesn't, it doesn't like really count. But I kind of, it's like kind of counts. And looking back, it was like really weird. I don't know why we all thought that was like a normal thing. But...
1: You know, it is weird, but the one thing I'll say about that happening in high school is you have, like, a limited pool of options. So, you know, sometimes, like, for example, growing up, I had probably a hundred Barbie dolls, but I had five mm-hmm. pens. So, yeah. you know, each can had an average of whatever the math is on Barbie <laughs> dolls. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not, like, a mathematician, but... They all had to share just a few Ken's. And I feel like that's sort of how high school is, especially in Kenai, Alaska. So while I appreciate the sentiment and I think that's it's similar, I do think that an adult dating situation where you have the literal, like the pool of men is your, the whole world. I think it's, I, I think it would be for me, at least it would be really hard. Oh, I completely agree.
0: But I it was only fine for me because, again, I was in high school and I was the last one. (laughs) So I'm crazy. There's absolutely no way, even if it was an ex-boyfriend that I know that I would never, like, date or get married to. That brings me to a great book. If you have not read One Day in December, you should definitely read it it's so good i haven't but it's really cute it's like a british romantic comedy that like takes place during i mean it takes place during the whole year but it's like got some christmasy overtones anyway super cute major plot line is like this girl ends up like dating her roommate's like boyfriend after and mm. it's like very dramatic And, yeah, there's no way. I'm way too jealous. I I couldn't – there's no way I could be at the bar with my ex-boyfriend and not making a complete fool out of myself or or being crazy. There's just no way. Yeah,
1: and it's not even just a jealousy thing. But, like, assumedly, you know, you have seen – if it was a relationship – I mean, I could probably, like, if I'd gone – like, some of the people I've gone on one or two dates with, whatever – But, like, if it was a relationship like Barney and Ted both had with Robin that spanned a while, you know, you've you've both seen the best and worst of each other. And I think that that would be hard. Like, you know, still having someone in your inner circle that has seen the best and worst of you and it didn't work out.
0: Yeah, I don't like it. I would not. I would not do it.
1: Also knowing that like while Barney and Robin were dating, their best friend was still madly in love with Robin. Like that act adds an extra layer of discomfort for me.
0: Yeah. The whole dynamic was, it was just strange. It was pretty and incestuous. It was very incestuous. And I just, it, yeah, it was not realistic.
1: No, there's all. No, there's- I don't think. They would not stay friends. I actually think that when Robin and Ted broke up the first time, Rob, if this were real life, Robin probably would have slipped out of the group.
0: Yeah, I could see that because she had the least ties.
1: Right. And like Marshall and Ted are never going to stop being friends. Yeah, Marshall and obviously and Lily and Ted. Yeah. And then Barney f- is only really there because of Ted. So, like, I just don't see yeah. Robin, you know infiltrating to a deep enough point then
0: yeah i agree she would have been the one to go if anyone left from the friend group yeah 100 percent.
1: well before we get to the final season which obviously we have to talk about it's highly contested and anyway what um do you have like a favorite episode from the series
0: I probably should have prepared a favorite episode, but I'm trying to think. of. Uh, I do really like the one where Marshall and Lily are broken up and they're at brunch with yeah. Ted's parents and... <clears throat> like marshall has wears those zip off like cargo <laughs> pants and is exposing his calf to lily to like turn her on um that one sticks out as a funny one yeah that's a great i episode. love the the crazy hot um scale episode where he like goes into it that is pretty funny uh, you know
1: i love that one too but it was I read in a BuzzFeed thing that that was, like, an upsetting episode for people because it seemed to, uh, you know, portray women in a negative light, which I can see. And actually, it's worth mentioning, like, this show, like, many sitcoms before the last couple of years has zero diversity, and that's problematic. But um, I think that the Crazy Hot Scale is pretty funny. And I'm, like, a pretty big feminist, but I think it's pretty darn funny. I agree. I, I think we're
0: both big feminists, but we were raised on nineties sitcoms. <laughs> and a lot of stuff in 90s sitcoms would never fly. Yeah. Now. Like right. you could not write the shows the way that you did Even back five then. years ago. Yeah. Early two thousands. Yeah, sorry. This yeah. is the two thousand whatever. I like call anything that's not right now the nineties, but I need to get my timeline straight. Um <laughs> yeah i agree it probably is offensive and but it didn't
1: offend me it didn't offend me because let's be honest we all know a crazy hot girl
0: yeah we do <laughs> we definitely do we,
1: you and i probably know the same ones
0: <laughs> i know i know i feel like we do know the same ones but we won't name any names
1: um yeah i think those are great episodes
0: did you have a favorite
1: Uh, There's so many. I think that the ducky tie story arc. Oh. Um, So good. Like the episode at Benihana where. Yeah,
0: the shinjitsu.
1: Yeah, they don't believe that Barney, he like bets them he can, if he like gets the shrimp tail in his pocket, he can touch Lily's boobs. And they like don't think he's right. And if he has to wear, if he doesn't get it, he has to wear a ducky tie for like a year. That's a funny episode. Yeah, that Um, one is good. God, there's so many good ones. Yeah, that one for me stands out right now.
0: All right. I love it. Okay, so should we now get into the, the end, how we met Ted's wife or how we met their mother?
1: Yeah. Why don't you take us away?
0: So the last season basically takes place I think the whole season is right before Barney and Robin's wedding it's in like the two days before right
1: that's exactly right that the entire season is with the exception of the final episode it takes place only over two days which um, is you know a highly debated topic
0: I personally did not like the last season I don't know what you thought I just overall saw the series ending a lot differently I guess and I don't know I just I didn't love it and it's I don't really rewatch that final season because I don't even find it that funny
1: yeah I 100% agree with you I think most of the internet does too I don't have a reddit but I feel like this would be like a big reddit conversation yeah Um, probably I totally agree with you I think for how funny and how expertly written every other season is and even the final episode the fact that they make you know 20 episodes take place with the same jokes over a two-day span and then have that very last episode take place over you know 20-25 years is it felt sort of like a throwaway to me
0: yeah I agree I didn't I didn't love it. And just the whole part about, so basically we find out that Ted's wife or their mother got sick from some illness. Oh, wait. And has, oh, sorry.
1: sorry I was just going to mention that the way they finally meet is because she's the bassist in the band that plays at Robin and Barney's wedding. So they're like trapped in this like, you know, Hampton Island together for the weekend and like get to know each other.
0: Yes, you're exactly right. They meet at the wedding. And it turns out that he dated her roommate at one point.
1: Right. And many of the things, like, there's an episode where he's in that roommate's apartment. Apartment. Like, yeah. wow, I love this. And she's like, oh, that's my roommate. And that keeps happening. So it is kind of a cute callback.
0: Yeah. No, it that that part was sweet. But I don't know. I didn't love... So, it ends up that she's, like, at the end of this, she's dead. So, she's not even yes. alive.
1: Yeah, that they have this really perfect romance. In the span of, like, 20 minutes, they have a really, really perfect romance over 20 years. They're perfect together. Not even 20, like, you know, 15. They're really, really great together. Every joke, they're, they're awesome. She gets sick, passes away... Um, And then the final episode is essentially him asking the kids for permission to date their Aunt Robin now that the mom's dead and, like, they hear about the whole story.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, again, it's like we've already done the Robin storyline. Are you seriously telling me that it's going to work now after you have kids? She never wanted kids.
1: Yeah, that, and, like, she's, like, traveled the world, working, she's, she has been independent now for, you know, 45 years or more, and now he, I I just don't think she's going to want to be strapped down with, like, Ted, of all people, who just wants to, like, drink tea on the lanai and, like, read the encyclopedia, like.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It just didn't,
1: it was just... For all that build-up,
0: like, yes. are you kidding me that she's going to be dead?
1: Like, yeah, we're
0: not actually going to see what they're like as a couple. And it's all going to go back to Robin, who we don't even like.
1: Who it began with, and he told her she, he loved her on their first date, and it freaked her out. Like, they never were supposed to be together, let alone in the end. I completely agree. Also, um, one other kind of clever callback that I discovered while researching this is when they're in the graveyard for Marshall's father's funeral. hmm No, sorry, there's a flash forward of them visiting the graveyard to like say goodbye to the dad or like talk to him. And there's a tombstone nearby that just says mother. So apparently that was like a scared oh. for us
0: yeah I would have never picked up on that.
1: No me neither
0: Wow, um,
1: yeah, I agree. I wish here's my take. I would love to hear how you would rewrite the the end. I would rewrite it that they the that Ted and the mother end up together, like you know it's been a sitcom. There've been hokey moments. Why not end it with them just getting to be together? And all of it being explained, like, the reason no one else worked was because she was his one.
0: I completely agree. It's a sitcom. We didn't need to kill her off. That didn't add anything. Yeah. You know, it didn't. And it's not like they killed her off in season three and then it could build to, like, exciting plots. It's like you do it at the very end. In the span of, like, five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And we, like, listen to Ted complain about not having the one for so long like we I was tired I was like Ted needs to find his one so he can stop complaining <laughs> so
1: can, and so get his happiness to so I can
0: stop listening to and that's how I met your mother
1: yeah I agree I think that they should have just let them be together I think they should have let Barney keep marauding around as a player I think Robin should have gotten to have her career and like Maybe have a serious relationship, but like not get married, not have kids. Um, you know, Rob, uh, Marshall and Lily, it, their storyline actually checks out to me that he becomes like a judge on the Supreme Court, which is cute, and they yeah. have kids, and she's like a good political wife, like that. That's the one story ending that I'm down with.
0: I completely agree because that made sense, like from start to finish, that followed their character progression. Yes. We stand a Marshall and Lily relationship
1: forever and always. Exactly. Yeah, I think all of that's right. All of this said, for as disappointing as the ending is, and and really that final season, <clears throat> I think that this show is about as good as it gets in terms of sitcoms. I think that the preceding, you know, ten seasons are outstanding, um, and I was very sad when it left Netflix.
0: Yeah, it's on Hulu now though. Oh, it is? Mm Mm-hmm. I've been rewatching.
1: I had no idea. I need to see media. So it's on
0: Hulu. Um, yeah, so that's great. And no, I completely agree. I rewatch it all the time. It's a classic show. I will always love it, even if the end's bad. I mean, we see this in network shows a lot. Yeah. That's the last season. They just they didn't have the foresight. And all of a sudden, I think a lot of times the show gets canceled and then they're like, oh shit, we got to finish this off this season. What are we going to do?
1: Yeah, I think that's what's so good. Maybe one day we'll talk about Shit's Creek in depth instead of just like giving a nod to it every episode. But yeah, I think that's what's so outstanding about how they wrote that. Like, no one was ready for that show to end, but they were like, you know, after six years, it's time to like let it go gracefully and like do it justice. As opposed to, I especially think back in, like, the 90s and early 2000s, um, network shows, like, they, they rode that puppy till it died.
0: Oh, completely. They were going to ride those residuals and paychecks until the end. And you saw it with The Office. You saw it with How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. And so many of these shows, the last season or two, were just horrible. And it ruined
1: it. Yeah, it's a bummer, for sure. For sure. Well... Um, I don't know. Is there anything left to be said about How I Met Your Mother?
0: I think that's it. I think that we pretty much covered it. If you haven't watched the show, we did spoil it for you, but it is a good (laughs) sitcom. You know, it's also like it's a sitcom, so it's like it doesn't fully ruin it for you if you watch it. You know?
1: no, There's
0: so much good comedy in there. So, I say go for it, even if you listen to this episode and haven't watched it it's it's one for the books it's a cultural
1: icon in fact I would like to think that the way we've described it maybe sold some people who previously were like eh, I'm not into it now they might be like well that sounds kind of funny I may as well play it while I cook dinner I think
0: we probably do have a future in selling tv shows I've gotten text messages that people have watched shows that we've done especially like Outer Banks and never have ever because those are newer shows. Mm. Well, and I've had multiple people say that they've watched it, so you that's know. great.
1: You heard it here for here first. You heard it, it here first. Like, we're kind of like a modern day uh Roger and Ebert. Is that what they were called, Roper and Ebert? Remember, they were like the,
0: Ebert, and the, yeah, Ebert, yeah, and yeah. Ebert and Roper. Yeah, yeah, Ebert and Roper. I don't know. It, there yeah, there was someone with an R and someone with an E and they yes. were critics.
1: Yeah, kind of like the Siegfried and Roy, but uh not uh, Tigers. Tigers. <laughs> um, t- of Tigers of of TV. No move.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh sorry, move. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? You just feel free to uh like us on Instagram at binge Yes. and rate us hi on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we're on Spotify, Apple write us a review tell your
1: friends yes that's right thank you for listening, we love you bye Bye -bye. Exciting news, Broads Who Binge is now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so pick your favorite platform, and if you're enjoying this, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.